This is Dr. Dave, and in this podcast, we're going to talk about the facts of love. No matter what your age, you need to learn the facts of love. The most important fact is that God is love. The more you know about God's love, the better you understand what God is like. Here's a list of some of the things that the Bible says about love. Number one, love is patient. Number two, love is kind. Number three, love is not quick to take offense. Number four, love keeps no score of wrongs. Number five, there is nothing that love cannot face. Number six, love never fails. The complete list is found in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Until you have a good understanding of love, you will not understand how God loves you. You need to take a look at yourself through God's eyes of love to understand what it means to be one of his children. Jesus taught that God's love knows no bounds. Jesus said, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Is there a man among you who will offer his son a stone if he asks for bread, or a snake when he asks for a fish? If you, bad as you are, know how to give your children what's good for them, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? From his personal experience, Jesus knew that the Father's love was far greater than the love any human could muster. An earthly father's love for his children pales in comparison with God's love for his children. God never holds anything back if it's good for his children. It's worth examining certain aspects of God's love so that we understand what it means for God to love us. First, God is patient. I have to confess, I'm not a patient person. I have a busy life and many responsibilities that are part of the practice of medicine. I don't have enough hours in a day to get everything done. For my entire professional career, I've had a high-performance style of living and working. It's not that I want to live that way. It's just part of the job. Seeing patients in the middle of the night in the emergency room can't be avoided. If I don't go to the emergency room, I lose my hospital privileges. Being on call isn't an optional activity. When I practice medicine, Large chunks of my time are swept away by activities mandated by government regulations, hospital policies, and the needs of my patients. With so many people telling me what to do, time becomes a scarce commodity. When someone wastes my time, they waste my life. At least that's what I tell myself whenever I feel impatient. You can thank your lucky stars that I am not God. God's a lot different from me. He's responsible for running the entire universe. There are billions of people living on planet Earth, and he has time for each one. God must have big eyes and ears because he is watching over a lot of people and listening to what they say, and he is not impatient. I have two grown children, and I can tell you that I have cut them both a lot of slack while they were growing up. I can also tell you that the amount of slack that I cut for my children is insignificant compared with the amount that God has cut for me. 
Without God's love and patience, right now I would be ordering an extra heavy-duty asbestos suit to protect me from the fires of hell. It's not that I've been a particularly bad person, but I'm not a saint, and patience isn't one of my virtues. How strange it seems that God is eternally patient with my mistakes, but I have such a difficult time being patient with the weaknesses of others. God must love us all a lot to not wipe us off the face of the earth. When my eyes are weak and I can't see his plan, God is patient. When my ears are dull and I don't listen to his voice, God is patient. When I should do what's right and instead do what's wrong, God is patient. When I wander aimlessly year after year, God is patient. God has always been with me in the past. He is with me in the present and he will accompany me into the future. He will stick with me to the end trying to get his message of love through my thick skull because he is patient. God is also patient with you. No matter how many serious mistakes and failures you've made, God is patient with you. You may think that you are the straw that broke the camel's back, but you will never break the back of God's patience and love. God will be patient with you until the end because he wants you to open your heart to his love. He wants you to become one of his children and to max out on his love. Another fact of love is that God is kind. God doesn't have an army of religious police or enforcers making sure that you do his will. There is no God squad. I've lived outside the United States for more than 25 years, and I have seen plenty of people who believed that they were the God squad. They were the religious police who made it their business to force their rules and regulations on everyone. Some of the religious police were freelance operators on their own special mission. Others were appointed by the religious authorities in their respective countries. All of these individuals have a strong need to be right and they don't hesitate to use physical threats and other forms of intimidation to bring you into compliance with their worldview. Sometimes the civil authorities have the regular police accompany the religious police in order to keep the God Squad from getting out of control. The God Squad is always consumed with the need to be right. You either do what they say or suffer the consequences. These misguided and malignant individuals don't understand that God is kind. If anyone had the power to win through intimidation, it would be God but God would never beat you into submission because God is kind. It would be easy for God to hit you with a bolt of lightning to get your attention. A few awesome displays of his power should be sufficient to get you to do exactly what he wants, but that's not the way God works. God is kindly disposed to you, and he will have a relationship with you based on love, or it will not happen at all. God isn't going to do any pushing and shoving to force you into line. The God who is patient is also kind. That is why he gave you a free will and you can decide whether you want to respond to his overture of love. Don't mistake God's kindness for weakness. Although God will not win through intimidation, he will eventually win the battle against the evil that runs rampant in the world. And when accounts are settled, those who don't have a personal relationship with him based on love will have a relationship based on judgment. You will reap what you sow because that is the law of the moral universe. This is not an attempt to scare you into becoming one of God's children. 
It merely points out that you are responsible for the choices you make and some of those choices determine where you spend eternity. God is a kind God and he will do everything possible to see that you are one of his children. He will do everything except use force. Most people keep close accounts of the offenses committed against them by other people. It's amazing how easily things slip from my mind and I forget them, except when someone offends me. Offenses are not like water that rolls off a duck's back. Offenses stick. Every offense must be covered in mental superglue because they stick in my mind forever. I can even remember offenses that happened 20 years ago. Sometimes it doesn't take much to offend me, and when someone does something that I don't like, I can take offense at the speed of light. God is a lot different from me. He isn't quick to take offense. The fact that the world is still here serves as a monumental reminder that God is long-suffering and not quick to take offense. The power of God's love is so great that he is willing to overlook our mistakes and shortcomings for a very long time. Jesus made an astounding statement that offended the religious authorities in Jerusalem. He said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. He was claiming equality with God. He was saying that if you want to know what God is like, look at me. Jesus' statement is even more remarkable when you consider the consequences of making such a claim. Jesus knew what would happen when he said those words. It was a death sentence by crucifixion. If Jesus was God as he claimed to be, then the world was going to see the full extent of God's love. They would see that God is not quick to take offense. Eventually, Jesus was taken prisoner, beaten, mocked, and crucified, and through it all, he did not take offense. At his trial, he said that he could call twelve legions of angels to set himself free. He could have taught the world a big lesson. Instead, he took punishment that he didn't deserve, and he died to prove God's love, to prove that God is not quick to take offense. When your spirituality is based on the need to be right, it degenerates into a scorecard in which you record everything that you do right and wrong. You add it all up and hope what you do right outweighs what you do wrong. When your spirituality is based on love, there is no scorecard. There's no need for one. When you love God and other people, you end up doing right most of the time and you rarely do the wrong thing. You no longer worry about doing the right thing and not doing the wrong thing because the focus of your life is on doing the loving thing. When you love God, you can toss away your scorecard. When you are alive spiritually and God is your Father, there is no score. God doesn't keep score of the mistakes that you make. Making mistakes is part of being alive. You have exactly zero chance of being perfect for the rest of your life. When you become a child of God, you switch your focus to love. God isn't a spiritual bean counter keeping a record of pluses and minuses next to your name. You are one of his children, and he takes your sins and casts them into the deepest sea. He separates you from them farther than the east is from the west. His love not only wipes the slate clean, it throws the slate away. This doesn't mean that you're not being continually judged for what you do. The laws of the moral universe are not nullified by God's love, and you remain responsible for your actions. You are already reaping what you sow. The important point to remember is that your eternal destiny isn't dependent on a scorecard. 
It's dependent on whether you have a personal relationship with God. There's nothing that God's love cannot face. God is no stranger to drugs, sex, and rock and roll. God has seen it all more than once. You don't have to hide things from God. I've heard people say things like, Don't tell that to Granny. She'll flip out. Don't tell that to Dad if you want to live more than the next five seconds. Don't tell that to her. She would never understand. Don't tell him. He won't know what to do. Well, you can tell God anything. His love can face anything that you say or do. He will not flip out or discombobulate because of what you've done. God can take anything that you have to dish out, and he will still be there with his love ready to help you pick up the pieces. God's specialty is picking up the pieces and putting lives back together. Some people make a major mess out of their lives. They abuse drugs and alcohol and finish off their life with an HIV infection and AIDS. No matter how bad it gets, God can face it with you. Nothing is stronger than God's love. You may be down, but you're never out if you open your heart to God's love. There is nothing that God's love cannot face. Finally, God's love never fails. God's love for you will never falter or fail. It will never stop pursuing you until the day you die. No matter what you do, you can't escape from it. You can ignore it or reject it, but it will not go away. God's love surrounds and envelops you. It continually reminds you that you can be one of his children. You will either sink or swim in his ocean of love. For people who feel there is no hope, that they've made too many mistakes and bad choices, the Bible has one other thing to say about God's love. Before you decide there is no hope, please read the following passage found in Romans 8, 37-39. The passage states, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This scripture states the facts of love in a powerful way. Nothing in the entire universe can separate you from God's love. God's love is still the most powerful force in the universe, and nothing can stop it. If you open your heart to his love, you will be born spiritually. God will become your father, and you will become one of his children. The power of God's love will flood your heart and mind and restore you to wholeness. You will learn to max out on God's love and discover that there's no limit to how good your life can become when your heart is full of his love. Now I'm going to give you an affirmation that you can use to reinforce the facts of love. Until I understand God's love, I will never know what God is like. I must see myself through God's eyes and learn the facts of love. God is patient with me and kindly disposed toward me. His love is not quick to take offense and keeps no score of wrongs. There is nothing his love cannot face. God's love never falters or fails. It will never stop pursuing me until the day I die. No matter what I do, I cannot escape from it. I can ignore it or reject it, but it will not go away. God's love surrounds and envelops me. It continually reminds me that I can be one of his children. I will either sink or swim in his ocean of love.